Well, Easter Sunday wrapped up our, our Lent series on one-word prayers. We've been coming to God and, and bringing one word at a time and learning to listen to Him. And I want to thank all of you who have participated in, in putting your artwork up front throughout the, uh, throughout the series. We're going to leave that up. It's going to go in the hallways later on. Uh, but feel free to come up and check out the artwork and and the faith stories that are written there. Thank you especially to Kirk Lapine, who did our artwork on the side each week, a new word every week. You know, I see good artwork like this up front, and I'm always amazed because I don't have a lick of artistic ability in me, and it makes me say, wow, wow, good job, everybody. Appreciate the talent. You know, that word wow, which is our word for today, right? It's a word that, I think we don't use often enough. You know, if we truly comprehended some of the amazing things in the world around us, we might just be saying, wow, all the time. For instance, if we truly comprehended what we have and carry in our pockets, I think we'd be amazed. Okay, most of you probably have an iPhone. About a year ago, maybe two, I, I finally caved in and I got myself an iPhone. And and I really should be amazed at this thing, right? I think about it. Think about this. It, okay, I'm not that old. I was in college, what, 25-some years ago? And back 25 years ago, we used these things. We used phones with cords on them. Okay, I remember in my dorm room, the, the cord was extra long, so you could take your, room from your, room, your phone from your roommate's wall through the bathroom and to your room so you can talk in private with your girlfriend, right? And that's as far as you could go, is wherever the cord took you. And now we have these things in our pockets, and there's no cords. You can talk on the phone anytime, anywhere you want. And remember long-distance prepaid phone cards? right? You got five minutes left, and they warn you every minute as it disappears as you're talking to your long-distance boyfriend or girlfriend, hoping that it doesn't run out. Now, unlimited, long-distance, anytime, anywhere, right? And, and how many of you remember, or old enough to remember, when, when you used to have dial-up, right? And so you'd refresh a page on the internet, and you'd hear that beep, 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 and then you'd wait 20 minutes for your page to come, I remember, I remember, you know, hitting, refreshing, and going upstairs and cooking dinner, waiting for the page to finally appear. Now, it's all right there in your pocket. Every, anything you want to know at an instant, right? I remember in college having to go to the library to pick up encyclopedias, books with words in them, <laughs> right? And who reads encyclopedias anymore? It's all right here. You type it in, there it is. Not only that, not only that, but this little thing now carries all my music on it. I'm old enough to remember these. Eight-track tapes. If anybody needs John Denver, it's all yours when we're done, okay? Eight-track tapes in the van. What, you get maybe eight songs on it, and you listen to those eight songs again and again and again and again. When you get home, you know, you, you can put on your record, and you listen to your record on your hi-fi system. Pretty impressive stuff. And then you, you graduate all the way up to cassette tapes. Still got my CDs, so I didn't bring any because I still use them. Okay, I'm old school that way, right? Now you don't have these things. All your music is right here on your phone. And if, you, if there's a song that you don't have, you just search for it. You download it. You listen to it. It's all right there in your pocket. Not only that, as if that wasn't enough, 
Remember the days when you, when you carried a big old camera around your neck and you loaded the back with film? You know that you, you'd have to twist the turn to, to move it forward every frame and, and you were careful. You didn't take a million pictures. You only took one because you only had 24 pictures on your roll of film, right? And every one costs you like a dime to, to develop. And so you take one picture and you hope it's good, right? Now it's you take a million pictures because it's free and you can, even, you can even edit them to make your life look better than it really is on your phone, right? So not only that, as I get all tangled up here, now we have a phone, but I spent most of my children's birthdays looking behind the window of this thing, right? I see some heads nodding. You did too. You didn't get to appreciate your kid's birthday because you're just looking at it through a screen, right? Videoing, how cool was that? And so small, so tiny, right? Now you take video with this thing. And you could go on and on with what this thing does for you. You should be amazed. In fact, somebody told me after first service that they just, they read a news article that they, they studied the power of your iPhone. It has more computer power than what they used to get the man to the moon for the first time. It's all in your pockets. My guess is you teenagers here, most of you have one of these in your pocket, and most of you aren't amazed. You should be. You're not amazed because you don't remember carrying all this stuff around and doing all that. You take it for granted that you have all this power sitting right here. When you should be saying, wow, wow. We get so used to things in life, they become so mundane and so boring and we aren't amazed anymore. Like when we hopped on the boat at Niagara Falls and we, and we took that boat that brings you right up to the falls and our tour guide was leaning back in his chair falling asleep. To him, it was just a bunch of water falling off rocks because he had seen it so many times. Or last week, going up to the 94th floor of the John Hancock building in Chicago and our elevator, elevator person, it's not a big deal for her anymore. It's just a bunch of buildings and lights and we're in awe at the beauty of Chicago below us. Or, or I don't travel that much on airplanes, and I'm always amazed you business people who fly all the time. Before takeoff, you're already asleep, right? And you're missing the wonder of how in the world does this thing get up off the ground? You should be like, wow, this is like the coolest thing ever. But it's mundane, right? Or when my friends from California came to visit us soon after we moved here, we took them to Lake Michigan, and their jaws just dropped because they didn't know a lake could be that big. And for me, it's just, a, it's just a bunch of water, right? I'm so used to it. It's so mundane. And like many of us who come here this morning on Easter morning to celebrate that Jesus rose from the dead, and we yawn and we settle in for another sermon, and we're thinking about what's going to be for lunch and is the ham going to be done on time and who's going to be late this time. Yep, Jesus rose from the dead. Yep, tell me something I don't know already. I guess most of us have heard it so often for so long that we aren't amazed anymore. Well, it's time this morning to be amazed again. And I'll tell you, I'm not going to... I'm not going to tell you anything that, that this morning that most of you haven't already heard that you don't already know. 
I don't have any amazing new perspectives to reveal to you. I haven't discovered this week some hidden fact that nobody else has ever figured out before. All I have for you is the same truth that you've heard many times before. But you know, you don't need something new. You don't need a new surprise and a new perspective to be amazed because these same old truths should still amaze. I mean, think about this story again. Right here's Jesus. Jesus is dead. He's crucified on Friday afternoon. Nails are pounded in his hands and his feet. He's suffering horrendously on that cross, struggling for every breath, nearly suffocating as he's hanging there. He's being taunted and mocked as he's hung between two criminals. And finally on Friday afternoon, he breathes his last and a spear is jabbed into his side to prove that he's dead, just to be certain. And before the sun sets, he's laid in a tomb on that Friday night. And, and the religious leaders who crucified him, they're still paranoid of him, even though he's dead. Right? His disciples have forgotten all about it. But the religious leaders remember that, that Jesus kept saying that he would rise again on the third day. And they don't want anything to do with that. And so they go to Pilate and they convince him to let them seal the tomb. So not only do you roll the stone in front, but you seal that stone nice and tight. And, and Pilate obliges their request and puts guards there at the tomb just to make sure nothing funny happens on Sunday morning. And it's under this intense scrutiny, this intense security, that dawn breaks on Sunday morning. I want you to listen to the story again and be amazed by this story. I'm going to read it to you just from a different version because sometimes new words make you hear it in a new way. So listen and be amazed. It says, dawn was breaking on the first day of the week. The Sabbath was over. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary had come to look at the tomb when suddenly there was a great earthquake. An angel of the Lord came down from heaven. He came to the stone, rolled it away, and sat down on top of it. Looking at him was like looking at lightning. His clothes were white like snow. The guards trembled with terror at him and became like corpses themselves. Don't be afraid, the angel said to the woman. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He's been raised as he said he would be. Come and see the place where he was lying. And then go at once and tell his disciples that he's been raised from the dead. And he's going ahead of you into Galilee. And there you will see him. There, I've told you. And the women scurried off quickly away from the tomb in a mixture of terror and great delight. And they went to tell his disciples. And suddenly... There was Jesus himself. He met them and he said, good morning. And they came to him and they took a hold of his feet and they worshipped him. Don't be afraid, Jesus said to them. Go and tell my brothers that they should go to Galilee. Tell them that they'll see me there. Now, while the women were on their way, some of the soldiers who had been on guard at the tomb went into the city and told the chief priests everything that had happened. They called an emergency meeting with all the elders 
they allotted a substantial sum of money and gave it to those soldiers. This, they told him, is what you are to say. His disciples came in the night while we were asleep, and they stole him away. And if this gets reported to the governor, we will explain it to him and make sure that you stay out of trouble. They took the money and they did as they were instructed. And this story still goes the rounds among the Jews today. So there's the story. What was your reaction to hearing that story again? Did your heart skip a beat a little bit? Did your mind struggle to comprehend some of it? With the women, did you experience that mixture of terror and delight? You know, there's so many, there's so many pieces to that story, so many details that should just leave you saying, wow, wow. Like that minor detail of a resurrection, that's not so minor at all, right? Jesus was dead, spear in his side to prove it, two nights in a sealed tomb just to ensure it, and that proved it. Jesus is dead, and now he's alive. Now he's talking to people. He's saying good morning to them. You know, our faith, unlike any other faith, is based on a resurrection. Think about what you're declaring when you recite the Apostles' Creed, and you say that you believe that on the third day he rose again from the dead. You know what sane people will call you crazy. They'll call you crazy for believing that. And yet that is the fact that you and I profess to believe. That is the fact that you and I hang our eternity on, that Jesus was dead and now is alive and will never die again. Don't miss that amazing heart of the story. Jesus is alive. Wow. If that doesn't amaze you, I don't know what will. And now, and now if you just imagine yourself being present that morning, maybe you're walking with the two Marys. What if you had shown up there? What if it was your experience instead of just reading about it? If you had been there, think about the wows you would have said. Right, the day starts out with an earthquake, not your everyday experience. Wow. And, and this isn't your everyday kind of earthquake either. The earthquake because an angel came down from heaven. Don't miss the shocking presence of this angel. Right? We, we read through, you know, an angel appeared like that happens every day. Like we'd be fine if an angel appeared. But just ask the guards how fine you would be if an angel appeared to you. The, the guards who saw this angel bright as lightning, white as snow, and immediately passed out. And remember who they are. These are Roman soldiers. These are the strongest of the strong and the bravest of the brave in the world. These are the Marines. They see this angel and down they go. <laughs> Let's be honest. If any of us stood face to face with an angel, we might be able to get the word wow out before down we went as well. Be amazed. There's an angel. And this angel rolls the stone away. He unseals this sealed tomb. And you know what's amazing about that? He didn't open it up to let Jesus out. 
Right? We often imagine that the angel rolled the stone away, and then Jesus, Jesus is already gone. He opened it up. He rolled the, the stone away, not to let Jesus out, but to let us in. To let us look in and see that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is already gone. I just love the little fact that Matthew throws in there, that, that the angel rolled the stone away and then sat on it. I just kind of picture that kind of a smirk on his face, look of defiance and power. Not only can I roll the stone away, I'm just going to sit on it just to prove God's power. Awesome. Right, and into this, into this scene, into this scene, the Marys arrive. See what they see. Oh, the tomb is open. The angel is still glowing. And the angel talks to them. They have a conversation with an angel. Just think about that for a moment. The guards go down. The women just sit and talk to them. Uh, what does that say about the strength of women, right? Awesome. They have a conversation with an angel. And, and the angel invites them to be the first ones to go and look in that tomb. Go ahead. I dare you. Take a look. See if he's there. And they go in and they find the tomb empty. And now they say, okay, go tell. Go tell his disciples. Their heads must have been spinning as they left that scene. Angels sitting on the stone, guards lying on the ground, tomb wide open. Our pastor says that they were filled with a mixture of terror and delight. And suddenly the terror is taken away when they see Jesus himself. They run into Jesus and says, good morning, ladies. Wow. They came that morning to give their last respects to their friend who was dead. They came to see the tomb where his body was. And here he is standing in front of them. And they do the only thing they can do. They fall down on their faces. They grab his feet and they worship him. Wow. And you know, for those of us here who are skeptics, for those who, who maybe who believe that if something's too good to be true, then it can't be true. For those of us who have serious doubts about this story, who think this whole gospel message, this risen Jesus, is wishful thinking, right? A hopeful crutch that, that weak people hold on to to get them through life. Or maybe those of us who, who our intellectual brains don't let, us, don't let us believe what we can't explain. For those of us who are skeptics here this morning, I want you to notice who proves this story to be true. It isn't the disciples, right? The disciples who had every motivation to steal the body, make it look like a resurrection, and, and just pass out this lie as truth. It's not the disciples who we depend on to prove it to be true. It's Jesus' enemies who do. It's these Jewish religious leaders who condemned him and the Romans who crucified him. They are the ones who seal the tomb to make sure that the disciples can't steal the body. They are the ones who, who put the guards at the gate to make sure nobody messes this thing up. They are the ones who take away all the possibility that this whole thing is a hoax perpetrated by desperate disciples. They're the ones who prove this story to be fact, 
not fiction. Wow. I just picture, picture that scene one more time. Can you see it? The earthquake, the stone, the tomb, the angel, the guards, Jesus alive. If your heart doesn't beat just a little bit faster when you hear that, if you don't experience even just a titch of awe and wonder, if you aren't sharing just a little bit of that delight that the two Marys felt, then wake up. Somehow wake your heart up again. Find some way to hear this old, old story anew again. Let God awaken an Easter wow in you. Or maybe, maybe awaken that Easter wow in you for the very first time. This is a story that must leave you amazed. Wow. But even more than that, even more than the story, I want you this morning to be amazed at the truth that the facts of this story proclaim. Get behind the facts that are amazing enough and hear the, the message that God is giving to you and to me through this empty tomb, through this empty cross. Right this morning, be amazed that the empty tomb and the empty cross boldly declare God's unending love for you. Right? Be amazed that, that God so loved the world, so loved each one of you, that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes will not perish, but will have eternal life. Be amazed that God loves you so much that he's willing to sacrifice his own son for you. That's a love that I can hardly imagine. Be amazed at that. Be amazed that Jesus, God's son, loves you so much that he was willing to be sacrificed. He could have bailed at any time and he said, no, I love them so much, I will die for you. That's love. Love that doesn't end. When you see the empty cross, when you see that empty tomb, when you hear that story, be amazed at the unbelievable love that God of the universe has for you. And when you see that empty tomb and you see that empty cross, be amazed at the forgiveness that God now offers to you. Because on that cross, Jesus paid the price for any sin, anything and everything that you've ever done. There is no sin so great that God can't forgive it. There is no guilt too overwhelming. There is no darkness too deep. There is no offense so hideous that God can't forgive it. The price that Jesus paid on that empty cross and the victory that he won through that empty tomb is enough for all. So it's an amazement that we can sing, as one of you wrote on your artwork up here, my chains are gone, and I've been set free. The chains of my sin and guilt are gone. 
be amazed at the freedom of the forgiveness God offers you. And be amazed that through the empty tomb and through the empty cross, that anyone who will believe, anyone, will receive salvation as a free gift. Yes, know that there is more than just this life. There is more than the, the however many years you've been granted on this earth. There is eternity. And yes, you can be assured and you can know with unwavering confidence that God Almighty has claimed you as his own and he will heal your hurts and he will dry your tears and he will perfect you body and soul forever in his presence through the work of Jesus Christ his son not because of anything you've done but all because of what Jesus has done how can you not say wow to a gift like that and be amazed be absolutely amazed that this Jesus who lived and died and rose again who now reigns as king of kings and lord of lords that this Jesus wants to be in a loving relationship with you not only in eternity not just in that time to come but he wants to be in a relationship with you right now today he wants to journey every day with you I mean, think about what we've been doing as you've been with us for these eight weeks. Our one-word prayers. We've, we've challenged and encouraged each other to spend, to spend significant time talking to God and listening to God. And some of you have shared how God has spoken to you. God has spoken to you. That's amazing. The God of the universe in relationship with you, wanting to hear what you have to say, wanting to speak into your life, wanting to walk with you and encourage you and challenge you and love you all along the way. Wow. Don't forget to be amazed. So yes, this Easter resurrection story is amazing. If a, if a wow doesn't naturally fill your mind and your heart and your soul when you hear that story, then it's time to hear it somehow again. It's, it's, it's time to read it like you've never heard it before. Find some way to hear it differently because you need to let God wow you with the facts of this truth again. Or maybe you need to let God wow you for the very first time. Not only by the story, but to wow you by the truth that this story proclaims. Know that Jesus loves you. Know that Jesus forgives you. Know that Jesus wants nothing more than to be in a loving relationship with you, not just for eternity, but right now on this journey of life to walk with you, to care for you through the joyful times and the painful times. You never have to walk alone. If you have never experienced the love and the forgiveness and the grace of the risen Jesus Christ, if you've never experienced the wow of Easter. Know it today. Don't leave here today 
without talking to me or call me later or, or drop off a connection card at the Welcome Center with your phone number and I'll call you later. But let's talk. Because today, on this resurrection morning, all of us need to start again the discovery. Or, or if you've grown bored of the old, old story, the rediscovery of the wow of Easter. That is just the beginning of a lifetime of wows living in the grace and the power of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Pray with me, would you? Jesus, we hear your story again and we say, wow. Wow. It's a love story. It's a grace story. It's a victory story. It's an eternity story and it's a now story. Father, for those of us who have grown bored of this old, old story, for those of us who are are no longer letting ourselves be amazed. Forgive us for our boredom. Forgive us for allowing the most amazing truth of all time to become mundane in our lives. Wake us up again. Wake us up to the wow of your resurrection truth. And Father, for those of us who have never been awake to the wow of your resurrection. We invite your spirit to move in this place today, to move in our hearts. Give us the courage to ask good questions. Give us the courage to allow you, God, to work in our hearts. Give us the courage to set aside all the barriers, all the roadblocks we've set up, all the excuses we've made and to receive your truth and to be completely amazed at who you are and what you've done. Jesus, like the women, we fall at your feet, we worship, and we say, wow, as we see the risen Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.